we are going to be quick this Sunday service. Uh, we've had church so much uh, so far already, um, and I believe God is moving. Have you ever uh, considered uh, what you would want in someone who is a king? And the problem I found with most Christians, particularly here in America, is that when we think of our leader, we think of a president. But Jesus Christ is not our president. He's a, he's a monarch. He's a king. And because he's our king, his will controls our life. We are in the presidential season where people are arguing and fighting and everything is going crazy and people are ridiculing the current president and talking about the next president. But regardless, Jesus Christ is still king. Now, it sounds like such a trivial point I'm trying to make right now, but the reality of this is Jesus Christ is sovereign over our lives if you've given your life to him. When I look at Jesus Christ, there's not much about his earthly life that I like. I don't like the fact that he died on the cross. I don't like the fact that he wasn't super attractive. I don't like the fact that he wasn't somebody people would naturally gravitate to. I don't like the fact that he came in Jerusalem on a colt, on a donkey. I don't like the fact that he didn't have a lot of muscles. I don't like the fact that he didn't walk around with bravado. And I say this that I don't like the fact because my flesh doesn't like that. But if you ask me what about Jesus, I do like. I like he's humble. He's gentle of heart. He has my best interest in mind. He's always thinking about me. The Bible says he's thinking more thoughts about me than there are sand that are guarding the earth from the oceans. He has my very best interest in mind. He's been thinking about me before I was even born. The Bible says when I was in my mom's womb, that's her belly, I'm from West Virginia. He was thinking about me. And after I was born, he cared for me. He protected me. He had my best interest in mind. Did I come from the best home? No. Did I come from the best family? No. But Jesus Christ is my king now more than ever. Jesus Christ is the king of the world, but he is not everyone's king. And that's what this life is about. It's a sifting of those people who have surrounded their hearts and minds to the king of kings and lord of lords in contrast to those people who have their own will. Those people who make suggestions regarding how life should be, regarding how they should live, regarding how their life should go. If you're under the authority of the king, you don't have that opportunity. Your job is to surrender your will to the will of the king. But it's hard. Our king was on a cross. That's not something I want to put a poster on my room about. <laughs> he was beat down and didn't even say a word. How many of you like getting taken advantage of? Especially when you didn't do wrong. He did no wrong yet was punished for our sins. And the greatest challenge our king faced was going to the cross. We won't go into all the details today regarding what the cross entailed. But just understand this. Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews, won the battle over the cross. Is he your king? Is he your king? Have you submitted your will to Jesus? 
Are you still wrestling around with, oh, should I do it this way? Or is this my desire? Is this God? Are you still wrestling around, man, you know, what should I do tomorrow? Or what's, what's my life entail? Have you submitted to God's will for your life? Jesus said, if you love me, you obey my commandments. Jesus said, how do you call me Lord when you don't even do what I say? He's not your president. He's your king. He's sovereign over your life. And because of that, we here in America have a hard time submitting our will to the will of the king. Is he your king today? God affirmed Jesus Christ was your king. There's a quote here. It's the weirdest quote I've ever put up. But to me, I love this point. It's amazing. I'm going to contrast what the gospel writers say regarding Jesus Christ when he's on the cross every single week. And I'm going to challenge your faith because each gospel writer says a little bit the same thing, but a little bit of different things. I'm going to challenge your faith because we're going to see something today. I'm not going to give you the answer until week four. <laughs> that means you got to keep coming back. But you can get the answer on your own if you take the time and wrestle with the Scriptures. I'm going to show you something today that has caused some people to walk away from the faith saying the Bible is wrong. But I'm going to also stretch your faith to show you even in context where it looks like the Bible is wrong. It's exactly right. And my hope is the more I convince you that the Bible is right, the more I convince you that the Bible is trustworthy, then you can trust and submit your heart to God more fully. Is Jesus Christ your king? Let's look at this quote. This is from John. He says, Jesus, this is what the, the quote says, of Nazareth, king of the Jews. Now, if you have a pencil and paper, you probably want to write this down because it leads to the point long term. But the awesome thing about the Jewish language is every single word has a multitude of meanings. If you take the time to study the grammar of the Hebrew, you understand that the authors are always trying to communicate something a little bit different than what's on the surface level. Here, when Jesus Christ was on the cross, there was an inscription above him of his accusation. Meaning, there was an inscription above Jesus' head that was nailed there by Pilate. And that inscription gave the reason for his crucifixion. All right? Jesus of Nazareth, king of the Jews. Let's open your Bible to John chapter 19, verses 17 through 24. A king on the cross. This month's sermon series is about our king and the cross. It's about the greatest challenge Jesus Christ had in his earthly life. Going to the cross was humiliating. Most times you see a picture of the crucifixion or the crucifix when Jesus is on the cross and he has clothes on, correct? He has something draped along his midsection, covering his private parts. But do you know the reality of it? I, I keep trying to not say reality, but I always do. I keep, whenever I say reality, please raise your hand so I'll learn not to say it anymore. Pastor Sean, I'm giving that responsibility to you. 
The point is, <laughs> that's called like a new addiction. <laughs> Help me, Lord. When Jesus Christ was on the cross, he was there because it was God's will. And because he was on the cross, he was ultimately revealing God's will to all humanity. Every gospel author communicates a different point. And Jesus Christ died because he was the king of the Jews. John 19, verse 17 through 24 reads like this. And he, bearing the cross, went out to a place called the place of the skull, which is called in Hebrew, Golgotha. Very interesting point. If we had time to break down the scripture, we talk about Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. And do you know that Joseph's tomb was on the other side of where Jesus was buried? Just a nice little point. We'll get to it maybe later in Bible study. That means you have to go to Bible study to figure it out. Verse 18, where they crucified him, and two others were with him, one on either side of Jesus and, in the sin, and Jesus in the center, excuse me. So now Jesus is on the cross. Two people are on his right and left. And now Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross. And the writing was Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. Very interesting point. Pilate believed what? He was the king of the Jews. <laughs> Pilate believed that. And then many of the Jews read this title. For the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. Now listen to this. This is the point you've got to circle in your Bibles. And it was written in Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. Really important point. Circle it. Underline it. Verse 20, And then many of the Jews read this title, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. Therefore the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but he said, I am the king of the Jews. He said, don't write up there, he's, he is Right, he said this, and that's why he's being punished. But Pilate's response is timeless. Pilate says this, what I have written, I have written. Or what I have written stays written. He's going to keep throwing it down. Remember that point, we'll get to it at the very end of the sermon. 23, and the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts to each soldier apart, and also the tunic. Now the tunic was without seam, woven from the top of one piece. They said before, excuse me, they said therefore among them, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it. Who shall it be? Sorry, my bad is fighting me. That the scripture might be fulfilled, which says they divided my garments among them, and for my clothing, they cast lots. Therefore, the soldiers did these things. Here, really quickly, John is trying to show here what's happening is of prophetic significance. Now, remember, the Gospel of John is written to everybody. And the point of the Gospel of John is to reveal us Jesus Christ is the light of the world, the Lamb of God. 
Jesus Christ is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. And in him we placed our trust. And we know at the end of the Gospel of John, John says, I wrote these things to you so that you might believe. John says, I put things in. I took things out. I added stuff led by the Holy Spirit to bring you to faith in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father God, I ask you in a brief time I had, Lord God, to speak through me. And I pray, Father God, that your children hear your word and are hopefully built up so that you get glory out of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. What do you need to know? Jesus died the king of a specific people group. I remember when I was in Bosnia and Herzegovina about 2006 after the time when Slovan, Slovan Milosevic came through Bosnia and tried to kill and torture all Muslims in the area. It's called ethnic cleansing. And in his efforts, the people who were killing the Muslims, whether Greek Orthodox or whether they were Catholic, they were cutting crosses inside the bodies of the men and women who were Muslim. And I went over there to try to teach people about Jesus Christ. And anytime you talked about Jesus or put a cross, the people had such intense anger because they associated Jesus with the people who killed all the Muslims. That's not who our king is. But our king is only king of a specific people group. Now, when I was in Bosnia, they were trying to bring revival to the country. There were only 500 believers in a country of almost 3 million people. And they had to face constant persecution and still do to this day. But their one catchphrase, the one song they held on to, how they got momentum and what gave them encouragement was that Jesus Christ was the king of Bosnia. Jesus Christ is the king of the world. This is a fact, but we wrestle with that today. We have many churches that try to teach people how to apply the principles of Jesus Christ to their lives so they can get good things in their life and live a good life and understand where they're coming from. Because if Jesus Christ is the king, then doesn't the king want me to have good things? I say yes, but the challenge with God's kingdom is that it's now, but not yet. And we live in the middle of this tension. God. When am I going to get the promises you gave me? Remember, Mary, if you get a chance to go back to the Virgin Mary, when she received all these promises from Gabriel, do you know that not one of those promises, not a single promise that Gabriel gave to Mary came true in her lifetime? All the promises of Mary were given for his return. But God will keep his word. This is the challenge we all face on this side of eternity. Is God faithful? Will he keep his word? And you have to believe he is. Jesus Christ is the king of the world, but he's not everybody's king. And when he comes back, the Bible calls it, we talked about it last week. There's a time of tribulation. 42 months, 3.5 years, three and a half years, however you want to articulate it. The most talked about time in all of Scripture. And during this time, there will be a great purging of humanity, of those people who have not put their faith, their hope, their trust in Jesus Christ. John the Baptist said it like this, the Messiah is coming, and when he comes, he's going to come and purge 
He's going to separate the wheat from the tear. And the only people who will remain after that will be those people who are submitted to the king. What do you need to know? You need to know this so you understand who gets to the kingdom. It's been this constant fight from the beginning of time until now. Christians think our lives are so different than what the ancient Jews were. They had to trust God, just like us. And those who were righteous in God's eyes were those people who trusted in God. That's nothing new. The difference is we have a new covenant. And one day all the Jews, the Bible says, who put their faith in Jesus Christ, will come in that covenant. But the challenge with the Jews is this. For Jesus Christ to hang on the cross and consider himself the Messiah is, in their brains, blasphemy. The Bible says the person who hangs from a tree is cursed. A king had to take a curse so that we can be blessed. Jesus Christ did this for us. You have a king who showed his strength by going to the cross and dying for our sins. Why do you need to do this? So that you can trust that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's easier said than done. Constantly, this might be the one phrase you remember from this church, trust Jesus Christ, trust the words of Jesus Christ, trust Jesus Christ, because it's hard. And I'm not saying believe, obviously I say this all the time, the Bible says the demons believe and tremble. But what I'm saying, in your personal relationship with Jesus Christ, do you trust him? Can, can someone tell me, this is a rhetorical question, but I'm not trying to accuse you. Has anyone here this week taken one of the commands of Jesus Christ, just one, I'm Maximus, don't eat your face, one of the commands of Jesus Christ and tried to apply him to your life? Have you gone in the Bible and said, Jesus says, turn the other cheek? And most people always have this fear, right? If I turn the cheek, then they're going to do what? Smack the other one. Do you trust the words of Jesus Christ? There's your wrestling match. There's your fight. Is he your king? We constantly say, go to the Bible, pray, study your Bible, read, meditate, fast, spend time with God. Have a day out the week where you can devote to just you and your family being with God. Why? So that you can get to know him. And when you know him, you can hear his voice. And when you hear his voice, then comes the challenge. Pick up your Bible. Try to obey the words of Christ. And sometimes obeying Christ seems like it puts your life at risk, your livelihood at risk. And that's how you learn how to trust him. When in your brain, you think, Lord, if you don't come through, it's all over. But in God's brain, he's like, oh honoring me because you look crazy but then God is getting glory and the crazier you look the more glory God gets that's how it works if you think I'm playing that's why Jesus Christ went to the cross he looked crazy on the cross you're supposed to be the son of God and you're up there dying on the cross if you're the son of God come down and Jesus didn't say a word remember when he's like he was saying my God my God why have you forsaken me and people misheard him. They said, he's calling for Elijah. He did not even try to straighten out the wrong thinking. 
you're living for an audience of one, for the king who died on the cross. Is he your king? Why do you need to do this? So that you'll be a part of his eternal kingdom. Jesus Christ's kingdom is coming quickly. One day we'll jump back into eschatological arguments and we talk about the end of days, we can talk about the beast, we can talk about the Antichrist, we'll talk about aliens, we'll talk about, we'll talk about Thor, we'll talk about Loki, we'll talk about all those things. But until then, trust Jesus. Open up your Bible. Pray. Get to know him. Because when you stand in front of God, you'll stand there for yourself and your own actions. Not for mine. Not for your parents. Jesus died for you. So how can I help you remember? This, some, yeah. Jesus <laughs> is the king of the world. There may be misspelled there. Listen to my words. Don't about the, look at the misspelling. Jesus is the king of the world, but every human being is not in his kingdom. Jesus is the king of the world. And there is a purging coming in the world. The question is, what side will you be on? If you love me, obey my commandments. Why do you call me Lord? You don't do what I say. My sheep hear my voice. My sheep follow me. So remember, Jesus' kingdom is not of this world. When Jesus was on the cross, he could have came down in the second. In his brain... He probably wrestled with that. I could come down in a second and prove that I'm the Messiah. But he didn't. He stayed on the cross. Jesus healed people on the Sabbath. I'm sure when he healed people on the Sabbath, there were some people saying, well, if he healed somebody on the Sabbath, couldn't he come down from the cross? If he's that powerful, if he's God's son, do it my way. And that's the challenge sometimes we have as believers when we come to Jesus. We say, Jesus, if you're my God, if you are who you say you are, you put these conditions on God and say, do it my way, God. Fix my family. Fix my life, then I'll believe. Get me out of this trouble, then I'll believe. Fill up this church, then I'll believe. Give me some money, then I'll believe. Give me this job, then I'll be faithful. And that's manipulating him. And that's exactly what he's not going to allow. He's the creator of all the universe, not just this earth. He created it all in a second. He said, let there be, and this thing came into being. How powerful do you think he is? But we wrestle because we're fallen. We're broken, every one of us. We're damaged, every one of us. We're sinners, every one of us. But now, thank God, we're saved by his grace. There's a difference between those who are sinners, the Bible says, who either the, the cross is an offense to or the cross is foolishness, and us who are being saved. For us, it's something we're going to rejoice about. It's our hope. This foolish thing, our king going to the cross, is how we know God loves us. This man, this little man, I don't know if Jesus was even five foot two. He could have been five foot one. I don't mean you're little if you're five foot two. I'm just trying to say, Jesus, I mean, I wanted him to be six, six, seven. But he's like probably five foot, four nine. People were really short that day. And people only lived about 40 years. The, the life expectancy rate was really short. 
The Bible said there was nothing about him that we look at and admire. There's this naked man on the cross who's the king of the world. And we're to worship him and submit our hearts to him. Jesus Christ is a stumbling block. Now today, I've been pushing to this one point. I've been working to get here. I didn't try to give a lot because we didn't have a lot of time, but this is what I live for. This next point is going to, in my mind, help you trust God more. Let's go to it. Each of the gospel authors have a different saying on his accusation above his head. Each one. Each of them says something different. Let me repeat that. Each time you open your Bible, go to Jesus Christ on the cross, and every single one says a different thing. This is me challenging your faith. Now you have a, hopefully you're being challenged. I'm going to say it again because I'm trying to challenge you. Each of the Gospels have a different accusation on the cross. Each of them are different. And your brain should be saying right now, wait a minute, why is pastor doing this? I'm confident in God. What should be happening now is your, your faith should be being challenged like seminary. Now, either right now you go to each one, you say, wait a minute, they are different. And you, you get on your knees, you say, God, I don't understand it, but I know you're true. Or you say, wait a minute, this ain't, they're, all, they're different. This, the Gospels are wrong. I'm going to find new faith. Or you try to kind of live in the middle. You say, wait a minute, even though it is different, I'm still going to believe it anyway because it didn't have to be the same. I'm saying, God, use this to get glory. When we get to the end, week four, you'll see how it all works together. So your, your faith is going to struggle unless you go and get it yourself. You have Google, Google it. You have Wikipedia, Michael Scott, use it, use it. But today, look at this right behind me. This is what John wrote down. What does that say? It says, Yeshua HaNazari the Malik Ha Yudua. Now, Jesus of Nazareth. That's what it says, right? King of the Jews. This is one of the sayings that were above the head of Christ. Now, this is actually something that was there. Let me just let me help your brain. He didn't make this up. This was really there. Now your brain has to figure out how these things work together. But until you get to that point, look at this. Jesus of Nazareth, king of the Jews. Now, if you took the time to go back to the notes I told you to take earlier, you know it says this. Jesus means what? That's right. Jesus means God saves. And Nazareth or a Nazarene means what? Somebody said it. One who's separated. He's saying something. If you listen, God saves the separated. This is on the cross above his head. This is what people are reading. Even though we see Jesus in Nazareth, Jews and Gentiles and Romans are seeing God saves the separated. Not only that, but it says this, king of the Jews. Now, this is the part I love. 
Do you know what Jews mean, Hebrews means? It means passing through. King of those who are just passing through this life. <laughs> I'm not even done. I haven't got to the good part. But this thing about that, I, this is where I'm, I, I'm geeked right now. I'm like, this is Batman versus Superman. Look at this. This is, on, this is above his head. Everybody's reading it. God saves the separated. And he's the king of all those who are just passing through life. My kingdom is not of this world. The Bible says, set your heart on things above. This is not it. There's more to this life. <laughs> we're fading away. But we're going to gain something we will never, ever lose. Separate yourself. I can't preach holiness because it's be empty in here. But I'll preach this. Trust Jesus. Don't put anything above him in your heart. God saves the separated, the king of those who are just passing through life. And I would be done there. And we'd go home if that was it. But God put his signature on this thing. That's it transliterated at the top. This is what they see, the second line. But you take the first letter of each word. Exactly. Take the first letter of each word. Yod. Hey. Vav. Hey. It says Yahweh. God signed this. This, was, this wasn't an accident. I'm not a smart man. But my goodness, I'm not a dumb man. God's signature was on that right above his head. Why did he die? Because he was God. His signature. Jesus Christ died because humanity had access to God and they were going to make him pay. They were going to punish him and hurt him and make him feel the pain they felt. Humanity gave God all their frustration and all that they took it out of him. And he said what? Forgive them. <laughs> God. Is he your king today? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you, Lord God, that you're our king. You're the king of the world, Lord God. And let your kingdom come, Father God. Help us separate our hearts, Lord God, from the world and the things in the world. Help us devote it to you. And Father God, help us have a mind that we're just passing through this life. Let's not hold on too tightly to those things that are going away. In Jesus' name, amen. I know every single person in here today, we have no visitors, which is awesome.
but it's not a good thing, but it's a good thing. If you're here today and it's just us and you need prayer, there's going to be someone to my left and someone to my right. Peter and Ellen, can you come up? If you need prayer, the Bible says judge yourself when to communion. If you know there's other things in your heart that are above God, take those things to him and trust that if you give those things away, you'll be okay. Whatever you use to cope, whatever you're using to make it, whatever sin is drawing you away from Jesus Christ, trust that he is strong enough to keep you. If you struggle with those things, it's okay. Oh, I'm the pastor. I said it's okay. If you're struggling with sin, it's okay. Why? Because you're struggling. If you're fighting against a sin, it's okay. Keep fighting. Some people in here have struggled with sins for 16, 17 plus, 20 years, but they did not give up. You can find freedom in Christ, but don't you give up. That's what this church is about. You're, I'm not going to, I'm not the pastor that leaves you behind and say, oh, man, you're never going to make it. Don't you give up. God can deliver you from anything. You just got to hang in there with him, wrestle with him like, like Jacob. And after he pops your hip out, after he takes that thing away, your strength, he'll give you a new name. Israel, one who's wrestled with God and one. Don't you see God wants you to wrestle with him? Get on your knees and fight about the questions that aren't right. Fight about when things aren't going your way. Get in there and pray and get truth from God. I ask you to Continue to push forward. We know you got the vittles in the back. We have people up here to pray for you. We have the small group coming up this week. <laughs> I'm going to pray for you, Lord. Bless you and keep you, Lord. Make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. The Lord Jesus Christ, turn his face toward you and give you peace. Now each week we're going to talk about the cross. This is the perfect time to bring somebody to church. Each week, we're going to build upon what we learned the week before. We're going to talk about the cross of Jesus Christ. If you know someone who doesn't know Jesus, bring them to church. I'll show you. It's not me. It's not my words. It's not our church. The gospel is the power of God into salvation. And if you have the courage to trust God's word, all you got to do is to get him here. Or at least ask him and let God get him here. But you got to trust God. I know it's hard. Asking somebody to come to church, but some of you are better than I ever will be at that. Come on, this week, every single week, we're going to talk about Jesus. This is not about money. And I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about bringing people so they get saved. Pick five people. Start praying about them. Write their names down. You know those people you know they need to be saved. Write them down and pray for them. We're going to send you via email a card that you can send out to people who are your coworkers, family, and friends. And hey, Come to Easter, or we don't say Easter, resurrection service, and come here about my king. 